Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now, welcome back into more outdoors. Uh, this segment we call the Flyway Federation Foul Mouth Radio. Joining me is a co-host, Josh Goins of the Flyway Federation. Josh, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you, Don? Great. Boy, what a beautiful day, huh? Oh, man. I, I'm about to be heading out to go right back to work. I wish that I was going to fish. Where are you working today? Uh, we're opening up a, or my in-laws are opening up a new restaurant in Fighter, Texas, the Bayou Cafe. So I, uh, got to take over all the construction on it to finish it out. We should be opening up in about two weeks. That should be very interesting. You know, I've always admired people who take our, our Cajun cuisine and, and go off to other states and, and open businesses there. You know, they just... It's a natural thing. They they all seem to have good success, but you know to make it work, you still got to have good food, even though it's got the Cajun reputation. And hopefully, y'all will be successful. I pass through there occasionally. I'll try to stop by there and check it out. Yeah, we need to do something there. Um, we buy all fresh golf stuff. Um, it's it's really good and it's done really well. We've been opened up in Beaumont for about ten years, so we've done really well. Yeah, proven business. Great. Well, let's talk a little bit about waterfowl migration patterns. You know, um, I've had this uh, opinion poll up now for almost a month now, and I, and I don't know if you've looked at or heard the results of it, but we asked people about how their recent waterfowl seasons have been in the lower Mississippi and central flyaway states and what is the best description of how they rate what the waterfowl situation is. And not surprising, uh, just to combine the ones that believe we need regulations and date changes and and the overwhelming majority, 85%, think our waterfowl situation is actually in a crisis. The total of those are 96% of the people who duck hunt. 4%, two said that they don't think we need any changes. Uh, they had average seasons, and others says 2% say they've had an outstanding season, which, you know, somebody is going to have an outstanding season no matter what. But when you get 96% of the people saying we're having below average or worst seasons ever, state of crisis, we need to do something, uh, it certainly deserves a lot of attention. And, and we really aren't getting that. And if you would, I'm going to let you kind of just give for people, you know, we've got to remember we've got people that tune in and have never heard of the Flyway Federation. If you would, give us a little bit of the brief history, the background on the Flyway Federation, where it came from and where it is today. 
Flyway Federation um, was founded in 2018 after we had one of the coldest winters in uh, in a long time. I never, I wasn't even on Facebook at that time. hadn't been on Facebook for like seven years. Um, didn't visit forums online. Didn't really care to mess with a computer at that point. But I was researching a lot of the issues that I had been seeing going on and uh, in Louisiana and while I was traveling. And so after that season, I started reaching out to people. You know, we, we talked about it before, and it's just like those 4% and that 2% on there that said they had average or great seasons. Everyone lives in a small box. And at that time, I didn't really communicate with a lot of people. I talked to a few people, and they tell me, oh, it's rough, blah, blah, blah. Or someone say, hey, I'm having a pretty good season. But I got online because I wanted to see what everyone was seeing. And it was overwhelming to see these young hunters and even older hunters arguing about the problems uh, we're facing here in Louisiana with the flyway. And so – I, I reached out to certain people and started showing them my research. No one really was stepping up. Even my Delta representatives and Ducks Unlimited representatives, no one even really bad denied this research. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start a nonprofit organization, and I'm going to try to fight this if no one else will. And that's how Flyway Federation was started. And what did your research show? Research shows that the birds are actually stopping further north of us and it's delaying the migration pretty much to the point that the birds are not showing up, if if at all, in the southern portions of the flyways until the end or after season. And from speaking with everyone across the state, and even over into Texas and Mississippi and Arkansas, these people are experiencing the same thing, and the data shows it. A lot of people, you know, we have guys that comment, and and granted, we know that there's a ton of different problems with migration. Me and you have discussed it. But a lot of these problems we can't do anything about. We can't play God. We can't control the weather, you know, in – but we can do something about the grain that's being left. Now, that's what we have to step up and try to fight to fix. And it shows that ever since this grain became a massive issue and the laws were changed, allowing it for a person that's not a bona fide farmer, that's whenever all the data shows that these birds are now stopping. And people, like I was saying, commenting on the page saying, well, I think that the numbers are flawed. Well, I, I would say this. I think that they can be flawed, but whenever you look at all the data for the population of these birds that are wintering further north of us, well, you can see that the birds are still there. We still have the counts. There's there's so many different groups that do surveys, and they all show the birds. 
So, you know, we've I've talked to Ducks Unlimited about this. I've talked to Delta Waterfowl. You have a lot of their members from these states that you're talking about have talked to them. What has been the general reaction from them? I'll tell you what the reaction I got was it's all weather-related. When weather ch- patterns change, the birds will be back is what I'm hearing. Well, yeah, and and they're going to say that. And the thing is, is if you go back historically, and I do, if you really want to understand what is going on right now with the ducks, you go back and you research the history on the Canada goose and the snow geese and the blues. That will show you that the same exact arguments that those men were placing back then is the same exact arguments that the people who are benefiting from this are placing right now. Yeah, and, you know, we've got uh, different agencies that are responsible for waterfowl uh, resource conservation, enhancement, protection. And I guess the top one would be the Department of the Interior, which oversees the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Uh, then we have the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Each agency has, uh, each state has their own agency, and then you have kind of a an umbrella group, uh, the flyway councils for each of the flyways. The Mississippi, the Central, the Atlantic, and the Pacific flyways all have a conglomeration of of representatives from the state agencies that sit on this council. Uh, then on the conservation end, you have Ducks Unlimited, you have Delta Waterfowl. So if and, you know, it reminds me so much of the speckled trout issue. You know, the, the data matches the empirical evidence as far as that goes. People who have fished speckled trout for any length of time in Louisiana know there is a problem, a serious problem. And it's reflected in the biology as well as the empirical evidence of people going out there simply not being able to catch the fish that they did in the past, the size of the fish they did in the past, at the times they do, under different conditions. Some years you have freshwater diversion, other years you have hurricanes, you've got freezes, but consistently the fishing is down, and they're taking some some action to change that. Um, The poor duck hunter, I say the poor duck hunter, the average guy who hunts waterfowl in Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, and some of these other states, they feel helpless right now, except for the Flyway Federation. There's nobody really giving this some serious consideration about steps to to take to get the migration back to a more normal pattern as what we used to see in the past before a lot of this uh, flooded, unharvested crops to the north of us took place. Um, and I want to talk. You 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 do a lot of research, Josh, and you found these proceedings that go back to 1975 from the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. And I think this is extremely important to tell to the public because this demonstrates a pathway that might be able to be taken to turn the situation around. If everybody else kind of turns a blind eye to it and just kind of whistles through the graveyard and says, well, that's the way the weather is and things will change later, or worse than that, there's nothing we can do about it. This is the new normal. And uh, I don't think people should buy that. I mean, when you've got a, a resource that's in crisis that was once very abundant and it's gone away, 
you need to take any action that's possible to, to turn that situation around. So we're going to take a break here, Josh, and we come back. I want you to talk about those proceedings that took place at the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, and, and not so much what was accomplished then versus what would be accomplished today, but the methodology that was used because I think we can apply some of that to today's problems that we're experiencing. If you want to join yes, our sir. conversation, call us at 504-260-6368, or you're welcome to hit us with a text message. comes right here at the studio, 870-870. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Flyway Federation's Filemouth Radio. I'm Tom Dubuque along with Josh Goins right after this. And we also have a text message board open for you at 870-870. Don Dubuque and Josh Goins, we're talking about the waterfowl. I call it a crisis here in Louisiana, also some of the other southern states. Uh, what can we do to turn that situation around? Josh, before we get into that Wildlife and Fisheries Commission action that, that you researched, uh, I want to pass along a text that comes in and have you comment on it. Uh, we got Rick Caution. He says, caution should be taken in looking back at the changes that have been made and the effects on every season in every state. Only then can we understand cause and effect on hunting in every state. It seems as changes in habitat occur further north in the flyways, the effects are magnified in the southern portion. Also, the question is, are all the flyways in the U.S. experiencing a similar downturn? Your thoughts, Josh? Yes, all the flyways are experiencing uh, problems. The Pacific Flyway, as we all know, has its own AHM, and they're not experiencing it as bad as the Central, the Mississippi, and the Atlantic. But all these problems, he's exactly right. As more habitat was put into conservation further north, and I'm all for conservation, and Flyway Federation is all for conservation, but not the type of conservation that they're doing. That's the problem, is the grain being left for the birds in every flyway in every state, even field to field, are experiencing this. They're seeing the problem. Very good. If you would, Josh, you know, uh, this has been brought up. It's been brought to the attention of the waterfowl study leader, uh, it's been mentioned to some of the elected officials, uh, some of the commission members with Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and it seems that it just it's frustrating. It doesn't seem to be any action, at least immediate action, being taken. Tell us about this meeting that took place 45 years ago and this action that the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission did when they felt that Louisiana was being shortchanged by the Mississippi Flyway Council. Well, First off, I'd like to give thanks to the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries. They are finally recognizing that this is a crisis. I actually attended the Southwest Louisiana uh, meeting for the propo proposals for 2021 uh, and 21-22, and they're actually recognizing that we have a problem. There was no more justification from Larry Reynolds or any other department members talking about weather, talking about anything else. Now, they're moving forward and, and also wanting to change up how we get our harvest data because harvest data is what was depending, dependent for this law change to stay in effect. If other states were experiencing 
major losses in distribution with the North American waterfowl, the law would have to change back or it would have to be revised. And they're actually going to change up how we get our harvest at it because they know it is flawed, and I'm glad that they're finally. Wow, you're talking about a sea change there. This is a sea change, Josh. I was unaware of that, that they have taken that attitude on, and I'm sure you deserve some of the credit in the Flyway Federation for getting the attention at least, and it sounds like we're getting the start in the right direction anyway. I, I think so, Don. And, you know, one thing that I had pushed in the very beginning and we've been pushing all along is, you know, they didn't know exactly how many hunters we had. They couldn't tell us. They All this data we knew was flawed somehow, but yet that is what is dependent for these laws to stay in effect and all this stuff happening. Well, one of the main things was if Louisiana has 72,000 lifetime license holders, how many of those lifetime license holders, even though that they get a Louisiana duck stamp, how many of them are really duck hunting? But they're all, they were all along, they've been getting used to go into the equation for our harvest data. Well, that no longer is going to be done moving forward with our harvest data. So that that's a good step in the right direction. And I, I want to say thank you to Louisiana Wildlife and Fish for finally recognizing that. Now, well, one thing that they did say at these meetings, Don, was the same thing that me and Larry has talked about and others have talked about as they said, well, this is a federal issue and we're just a state. You know, this has to be handled on a federal level. Well, if you go back and read, I, I actually ran across something in a book that's called Flyways. It's actually, the if you've watched the town hall videos, and we talk about the book Waterfowl of Tomorrow from 1964. This book actually was written in 1984, 20 years later. And it has a lot of great information. And it's from the United States Department of the Interior as well, with a lot of the same biologists talking. Well, I ran across something in there that I never knew that Louisiana pulled out of the Mississippi Flyway Council in 1968 now what was so critical whenever you go read the commission meeting minutes richard yancey was all about louisiana duck hunting and waterfowl and promoting it and helping it across all the flyways now whenever you read this he was researching him and biologists from texas the shortstopping of Canada geese and snow geese. Now, the northern states were very upset about this, and it caused a lot of tension between those states fighting at the meetings. Richard Yancey pulled Louisiana out of the Mississippi Flyway Council in 1968, and, and he was actually wanting to swap us over to the central flyway. Now, they did studies seeing they had a non-biased opinion do it. Frank Belrose from Illinois. They commenced to doing a study that lasted, ended up lasting five years. And you can go read about the study in the 1976 commission meeting 
And that is whenever Louisiana rejoined the Mississippi Flyway Council, all during the time from 1968 to 1976, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama withdrew from the Mississippi Flyway Council because of the corruption that was going on and being treated unfairly. They started their own council for the southern states, and they were utilizing congressional uh, legislators, and they were getting their own own laws and different things and bag limits and season dates, they still had to apply by the framework, but they were utilizing through congressional people to get all their stuff that they wanted because if they would have went to the Mississippi Flyway Council, they wouldn't have been able to get done what they wanted to get done. And we're right back to that same same problem you know the mississippi flyway council does not allow larry reynolds to actually push what needs to be done knowing that we all have a problem because there a lot of these states are benefiting from the problem that's hurting us well if richard k yancey could pull us out of the council from 68 to 76 and use congressmen to get stuff done, then why can't the state do it on a federal level now and get the same, you know, steps being made to get action to fix things? It's it's the same scenario. Exactly. It's like succeeding from the union, you know, withdrawing and, and becoming your own entity and using your federal legislators to help manage your resource better. Let me ask you this, Josh. Do you know of any repercussions that would affect Louisiana or any other state that withdrew from the Mississippi Flyway Council? Would there be any negative impact? Oh, I'm sure there would be. Um, I mean, just like with anything, if you, if you go against the grain, they're, they're going to, you know, come at you full force. But would it be worth it to do it? to make a stand to say, hey, we know this is not right and we need to fix this problem. And just like Richard K. Yancey, you know, stepping up and saying, we're going to do something about it regardless of what you think. That's so what, the next that's logical the that we have to have. The next logical question is, how does our waterfowl study leader and our Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission feel about this? Have they been posed that question about would they withdraw from the Mississippi Flyway Council? I, Don, I hadn't spoken with Larry Reynolds about this. Um, I actually just found this information this past week while doing some research. Um, after reading that book, it, it, it made me really start thinking, you know, let me go look back at the commission meeting minutes. I've never heard about this. And, that's what you got to do whenever you're reading about the history of this. Whenever you see a certain name or something happened on a certain year, you have to go look elsewhere to look on that year or that name to find out what really happened. And a lot of that stuff will be in commission meeting minutes. They have to keep that. So um, 
if I, maybe if they heard this information, maybe it would, you know, push them to do something. I, I don't know, Don. Yeah. So that you thinking that they may even be unaware that this even took place? Well, I didn't know anything about it. Now, this I was did, before. The one person that I did kind of ask if he knew about this was Tommy Tuma. And Tommy said, no, I, I've never heard about that. And I said, well, you might want to look into it. Because we both agreed Richard K. Yancey was probably one of the best biologists, if not the best, that Louisiana ever had that tried to do everything that he could to help us. Um, and I'm glad you got to attend uh, those meetings. I've been tied up with the speckled trout meeting. You know, we got that going on simultaneously with the hunting meetings. Have those meetings been very well attended, and has this been uh, brought up and, and, and made a point to get across to the commissioners through the people conducting those hearings, Tommy Tooman, the other biologists? Well, like I said, Don, I only was with my new job and the restaurant and everything going on in my life. I only was able to attend the Southwest Louisiana this year. Last year, I attended a lot of them. We had great attendance last year. This year, the attendance was down a little bit, but they had it on a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on Mardi Gras whenever everyone's got stuff going on. And, you know, up until last year, all the ones I attended prior to that years before happened in Lane Charles on a Thursday or a Friday evening at like 6 o'clock. Well, last year they changed it to a Saturday morning at 9, and it just was kind of inconvenient, especially being on Mardi Gras here in Louisiana. So um, them coming into the meeting and not trying to justify the problem and actually saying we have a crisis going on. And we know that we have a problem. We know that our data is flawed. We're trying to make steps to fix at least the harvest count. That's a huge step in the right direction because the harvest count could be a game changer with getting laws placed back into effect to stop all this. Sure, because that's what they're basing a lot of it on as far as that – you know, is supposedly an indicator of of how many birds are coming down here, the number of them that are that are harvested. And if we're off on that, well, then we've got a distorted picture of what the migration is. Yes, sir. And if we're off on the hunter counts, then it majorly affects what the harvest is showing for Louisiana. So if we're off forty thousand hunters or fifty thousand hunters, that equation is now very corrupted flawed so we're turning in horrible i mean we're turning in average harvest like we're still harvesting a bunch of ducks but whenever you look at the survey data the survey data does not line up with the harvest data and that's what we pushed all along that how can you have a loss in the population that is wintering in louisiana have a loss on hunter numbers, but yet still be killing above average harvest. It, yeah, that Louisiana hunters are good, but they ain't that good. No, not at all. <laughs> Josh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the possible steps 
to researching whether a, a succession from the Mississippi Flyway Council would, would, would harm the state of Louisiana's conservation program. I don't know if any funding is shared from the feds through the Mississippi Flyway Council that we might be eliminated by not being a member, but I think that's some good questions to be asking. Also, you know, we've got other questions that we've always had the answer. Well, it's a federal issue, so we got to get the feds to agree with it, i.e., why don't we allow to take Mexican whistler ducks during teal season? Well, it's a federal issue, and we got to get the feds to. If we don't belong to the to the you know flyway commission, then maybe we could set our own rules as far as that. As long as it, you know, didn't impact anything that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service was was decreeing that we had to work under their tutelage, you know, their jurisdiction. So anyway, let's yeah. take this break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. I got some ideas. Maybe we need to invite some legislators. Maybe we invite Mr. Tuma or Larry Reynolds to come on the program with us and, and discuss the possibilities of that. And if they think that would be a workable plan to, to solve what we got to admit now is a crisis here in Louisiana. We'll be right back. You're listening to Flyway Federation's Foulmouth Radio. We're back right after this. And also with Josh Goins, co-host of this program, the Flyway Federation's Foulmouth Radio. And, Josh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm feeling more optimistic about this situation than I have in a long, long time. Some of this news you're talking about, uh, wildlife and fisheries recognizing that we have a problem uh, in both the migration of the waterfowl and possibly in the way we report our harvest, uh, which it will, might be the solution to, to, to making some fixes that are badly needed. Um well, I think we need, where do we go from here to, to continue this, to, 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 to value how much we can do as far as using legislators, the possibility of, if not succeeding, at least the threat of succeeding from the Mississippi Flyway Council. Uh, maybe we need to get some legislators uh, who have an interest in this, some elected officials to comment on it, uh, maybe a commission member. Uh, maybe the biologists themselves. We we need to work on a list and invite them to come on this program. Larry Reynolds has been on this show an awful lot of times. He's always showed a lot of interest in it. And if now that they they think that there's a possibility of of solving this crisis by, you know, going through or around the council to the feds, uh, we need to move on it and get it going. What what are your suggestions? I I'm thinking the same thing, Don. I mean, it, now they're finally admitting that we have a problem and not trying to justify it and not saying, oh, well, we're still killing average ducks and all that. I I think that they're taking a step in the right direction, and maybe we finally can form that relationship and come to the table and start coming up with solutions to this problem. We already have uh, Congressman Ralph Abraham on board 100%, and we're trying to get meetings set up with others, and like we've said before, everybody knows somebody. Lean on them. Use that favor. If you feel strong enough about this, make a phone call and try to get help. And and if we could get, you know, the Steve Scalises and Mike Johnson and Gary Graves, Jeff Landry, we get those people involved and show them how much this is affecting Louisiana and the revenue that's coming into it. I mean, I, I get phone calls from guys that own marinas down by you that, that you personally know, and they're telling me how much it's affecting their business, you know, and we have to get 
our legislators involved to see how much this is affecting Louisiana on a revenue loss, you know, on, on that scale to get them to step up and start making changes. And you brought up something right before the break talking about why can't we shoot the black belly whistling ducks, you know, during till season. That would be if if we were able to go around the Mississippi Flyway Council like Richard Yancey did, that might be something that we could get our congressman to get for us, you know, because that would be allowable. But the main thing, the reason why they say that we can't kill them during teal is because they're scared of the population of model ducks being killed off. Well, if a duck hunter can't tell the difference between one of those long-legged, long-legged whistling birds, I promise he don't need to be in the blind. And <laughs> exactly. They, one one thing that they've talked about and I found interesting and I actually believed until I started researching was they were like, Oh, well look, climate change is changing the habits of the black belly whistling ducks and they're now breeding more here in Louisiana now than ever due to climate change. No, that's if you go back and read the history books about the black belly whistling duck they actually was overabundant and destroying the rice farmers' fields back in the early 1900s. And the right because the lack of laws during that time and the market hunting, the farmers were killing them off to almost extinction. So now that we really don't get to hunt them because they're here during our till season, they start leaving during our first split, which is historically what time they migrated, if you read the history books, we're not getting to hunt them, so therefore their population is rising and rising and rising. So that would be an option we might be able to do if we were to go around the council. Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, Josh, you, you at least attended at least one of those meetings. Now, those meetings are being held to determine our zones in Louisiana, uh, season dates, uh, those type of things. Are, th- are those really uh, going to have that much of an impact on correcting the problem that we're calling a crisis with migration? I think that's more of a preference for hunters to choose when they want to go, more so than a management option. Well, I've said this to a couple of guys, and and I'll say it to all our listeners. If we were, if we do change the dates, we are benefiting ourselves, which is a good thing, to harvest birds at a better time. The small amount of birds that we do have migrating to our state. That's all that's going to do. It's going to benefit us to be able to see more and kill more you know, during that time period. Now, the problem, the main problem is we got to get the birds back here. If if the birds were migrating like they historically did, then the dates wouldn't be that big of an issue. The zones wouldn't be that big of an issue. You know, reading, reading back at whenever Richard K. Yancey was trying to swap us, the... That's the whole reason 
why a east and west zone was built. And it was because the majority of the ducks in Louisiana were being killed in the west zone. It was 63% killed in the west zone. And the the majority of those ducks were central or were central flyway ducks. Now, that's the reason why the zone was created. And I think that honestly, them going back to just a two zone system, it, it might be beneficial if you if you go back to those people who truly cared about waterfowl and who were really fighting for us to get us the best situation that they could. They believed in it 100% and had non-biased opinions, do studies to get real answers on this. And I think it might be a great thing to go back to the two zone and look at it from that aspect. But until we can get this migration back, the dates aren't going to make that big of a difference. And then you can't go past January 31st because you're already cutting in to the breeding pairs at that point so so we can't go later just because the ducks are showing up later we have to get the migration back on time the birds are still leaving canada at the same time so that tells me it's not the weather yeah changing zones and dates i think is like uh, comparative to treating symptoms of a illness not the cause of it and the cause of it is the thing that needs to be addressed. Josh, we got one break to take, and then we come back. i got some text messages in from the listeners I'd like you to talk about. And I also want to mention what I found out about Jay Morris. Uh, he's introducing uh, that bill, Senate Bill 25, and uh, I'll talk about my conversation with him about that and get your opinion and an opinion of our listeners on that, too. You're listening to Flyway Federation's Foulmouth Radio. Don Dubuque, Josh Goins, WWL 105.3 FM HD2, and hope you found us on Radio.com. And we're kind of wrapping up this edition of the Flyway Federation's Foulmouth Radio with uh, Josh Goins. And, Josh, I got some text messages from our listeners. Uh, Most of these are comments. I'll relay those along to you. And if you've got any thoughts you'd like to add, uh, this one says, Hey, Don, including the Mexican whistling duck, black bellies whistling duck, etc., in the bag limit during teal season is a good idea. But over the years, during September and October, I witnessed the ducks are still nesting. I'm for it. But, again, a study would have to be done, and that would cost more money. Another text says, it's tough to affect change at the council, talking about the Mississippi Flyway Council, with those from our state that go to it. They don't have a backbone, haven't acknowledged our problem. We need an overhaul in our state's waterfowl management starting at the top. Many waterfowlers feel the same way. Uh, from what you're telling me this morning, Josh, has that acknowledgement of the problem change are they now recognizing that we do have a crisis and the, the migration has been affected yes sir they they're finally acknowledging it and you know taking steps it looks like to uh to try to fix something or to try to get you know improved data that would actually help us fight at the flyway council but the problem is for so many years, they have went to the Flyway Council and allowed them to run over them because it's hard for one man to argue with so many different states that are trying to benefit 
from problems that are hurting, you know, just a few states further south of them. And it, it, that's how it's been all along. But maybe with this, you know, with them being able to get new data and more efficient data, it, it might help. But maybe just pulling out of the flyway, all, flyway council altogether would be the route. I, I don't know. Right. Right. Well, you know, the legislators need to be made aware of it. But my experience with legislators, once you bring something like this up to them, the very first thing they do is they go to the source. They go to the department, to the agency and the biologists and who would have the best science available and ask them what they say. So their opinions are very, very valuable because even though you can use legislators, uh, unless they go beyond what the initial on the surface the, the information looks like a lot of times they're not getting the correct information but if in fact that the wildlife and fisheries is taking notice and perhaps changing their attitude that would have a significant difference on our legislators also the other thing i want to talk about josh was i, I spoke to uh, representative jay morris he's a state senator actually jay morris about senate bill uh the number i think was 25 yes senate bill 25 uh which it's kind of puzzling to me. Uh, we have a law that allows the Department of Public Safety to have a Ducks Unlimited special license plate. And for an additional $50, you get that plate. Uh, the money, the revenues from that additional fee has been going into a waterfowl account within our conservation fund. Uh, if his bill passes, it would change the law to collect the money and give it straight to Ducks Unlimited. Uh, it does say in the, his, his bill that the money would be used solely for the purpose of conserving, restoring, and enhancing migratory waterfowl habitat in Louisiana. So I don't know, suppose it was used for that now. Is this going to be something new where it makes it has to be changed? But his bottom line, his words to me was, I will research this, and if it's not an ironclad dedication, I'm going to pull the bill. Do you know anything about the reason for it or? why they would recommend I, this change. I was told about the bill, and I read it, and it, it could go two ways, Don. I mean, it could it be that basically they're wanting full control of Ducks Unlimited is wanting full control of that funding, supposedly to do projects here in Louisiana with no oversight. They, they wouldn't have to go get with, um, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's Department of Transportation, maybe, that is, over. yeah, they're overseeing this, and that's who they have to get the approval for to do certain things and to get this funding to do it, and it's hard for them to get it. So I, it could go both ways. Maybe... Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that they're being controlled and we know where the money's going and or maybe it's, you know, a bad thing. To give I, them, right, to remove any oversight. I think in the conservation fund, they probably have to apply for the money to use it for certain purposes and they can put a little bit of oversight on what exactly they're spending it on and how they're spending it and this may eliminate that. So it's going to take a little further research and we need to stay on top of this. But it begs a bigger question. What about fly? And I don't want to give you more work, Josh, because you do a ton. What about the, the Department of Public Safety issuing a Flyway Federation special license plate with dedicated money going to the Flyway Federation? Hey, we could always use the money, I promise. And you know, Well, I think you would have a lot of people. 
go ahead, Don. You would have a lot of people. You would have a lot of people would purchase that license. Trust me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I honestly think that they would, and I think that would be a good thing. Um, it, that's just like we're a grassroots organization. Everyone knows that. We just started up. We're finally uh, starting to get respect with other organizations, and and uh, this year we're we're looking towards doing more meetings starting some type of banquet or festival system to raise funds, and uh, maybe a license plate would be a good thing. I think it would. Josh, we're out of time. Uh, you and I need to get together for before our next show, and we'll try to get some guests, either biologists or legislators or both, and see if we can continue to get that ball rolling on get this waterfowl crisis solved. Great show. Thanks for being with us, and thanks for all the hard work you do. We really appreciate it, Josh. Thank you, Don. All righty. All right, that wraps it up for our block of programming. See you next Saturday morning beginning at 5 with more outdoors, ending at 9. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.